In the ESV in your bulletin, <clears throat> Ruth chapter 2, verses 14 through 23, this is God's word. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain and she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her and also pull out some from the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned and it was about an ephah of barley. She took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today? Where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, Well, besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests. And she lived with her mother-in-law. This is God's word. Let's pray together. Father God, we do thank you and praise you for the grace you have given us through your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you have not left us to guess how to know you, how to live in your grace, how to be pleasing before you, but you have revealed yourself in your word. Lord, we ask that now, when we come to your word, that you would reveal yourself to our hearts. Give us truth for our growth, for our transformation. Speak deeply to us, Lord, we ask even perhaps in spite of the messengers at this day. We ask this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, kids, I hope you have your children's bulletins. You need this. There's a special section for you in there to take notes. You have your own translations. You can follow along, and I will be referring to that, so you need to pay attention. And for the rest of you, here's what we're going to talk about today. Fathers, I invite you to use this as you go over the sermon during family worship, perhaps later today or throughout the week. Here's what we're going to talk about today. The amazing love of God gives us peace, even when life is not easy. So we're going to see here that the fundamental security of grace leads to joyous work and rich reward right where God has put you. So let's jump right in and see the fundamental security of grace. Ruth has been working all morning. She's been gleaning. She's been given this great um, privilege to glean. If you remember, gleaning was this idea in the Old Testament where the very edges of the fields were not harvested by the professionals. They left that, and then as the professionals went through, if they missed something or if they dropped something, they were not to go back and get it. Instead, that was all for the poor. So the poor could come, and they were able to gather around the edges and gather what was left over so that if they were willing to work, they would be able to, to, to eat. 
and it sounds very good, but again, as we said last week, you're, you're realistically basically saying that this is eking out a living by gathering aluminum cans. You, you can probably avoid starvation, but not much more than that. So that's what Ruth's doing. She's been doing this all morning. Boaz has blessed her and given her privilege. And then we see that all of a sudden he does even more in the middle of the day. Kids, look with me, if you will, at your translations. Look at verse 14 together. Here's what it says. It says in the middle of the day... Boaz fed his workers lunch, and he invited Ruth to join them. When she sat down, he served her lunch, and she ate until she was full. So in the Middle East, then and today, having a meal with somebody is much more significant than it is for us. You are establishing a relationship. You are declaring an intimacy there. You are claiming kind of a, you're a part of my family by having a meal. You don't really have meals with someone that you don't respect or want to know or want to be part of your life. And so by Boaz eating with his workers is a big deal to begin with. And then by him inviting Ruth, well, this is basically all of a sudden it, the junior high lunchroom table, the chief mean girl just stood up and grabbed the new girl and said, hey, come sit with us. This is a big deal. She's sitting out at the popular girl's table. And more than that, this has been a very quick action book. When was the last time Ruth had a decent meal? Probably not. It's probably been a very long time. And then it says that he actually served her the main course himself. He didn't hand it off to one of his people. He, the big man in town, this is Boaz. Like, I think he has the in front of his name. I don't know. He himself says, here, let me serve you. A foreign woman served by an Israelite male is unheard of. This is amazing condescension and grace. In fact, the verb used is he heaped it on her. And then the text even tells us what? She had to get a doggy bag and take some home because it was too much. And then even more, he publicly announces to his workers so everybody can hear that she's to have special treatment. I just read it for you in the ESV. Kids, I want, I want you to see this. Look with me at your verse 15 and 16. It says this. Here's how we translate it for you. It says, starting in the middle of verse 15, Let Ruth gather grain anywhere she wants, and y'all better be nice to her. In fact, everybody needs to leave a little bit of their harvest for her to pick up and don't upset her when she takes it. See, Boaz told Ruth privately last week, we saw, you're not a Moabite anymore. You're an Israelite. You have confessed faith in our God. That makes you my sister, that makes you my daughter. We're, you're part of us. And now he publicly is treating her not as a foreigner, but as an Israelite. He's publicly proclaiming, Ruth is one of us. She has been changed and made family by God, and people shouldn't be hungry in God's land, so we're not going to let Ruth be hungry because she's one of us. So he lets her glean, make sure that they don't make fun of her for being poor, make sure that they don't make any snide comments, or, well, you got who, look, who's the boss's favorite? He says, none of that. You be nice to her. Oh, this is a great picture. You, re you realize that things like disease, things like hunger, things like pain, things like death itself, they are not natural. They are not the way just things are supposed to be. Boaz knows there shouldn't be hunger. That's why God allowed gleaning. So he does what he can to alleviate that hunger, to undo it. And those of us who know Christ, we should smell here 
a foreshadow. We should, we should sense our Redeemer here. We should see Christ here. Because you realize that Christ, when he did his miracles, it wasn't that Jesus Christ was rock, walking along. You know what? There's a good crowd here. This would be a good PR opportunity. Let's see what I got up my sleeve today. Right? We tend to think of the miracles of Christ that way, don't we? That's not what it was. Jesus is walking along. He sees it's the end of the day. He's got 5,000 men and their family behind him. And he looks at his disciples and says, hunger should not be. Let's give them something to eat. And what do they say? Lord, uh, we got a fish and we got some loaves of bread. Jesus is like, great, pass it out. And the food just keeps coming. And the food just keeps coming. The food just keeps coming. And what does it say in the text? If you know the story, they ate until they were satisfied. Because the Holy Spirit wants us to go back and say, see, this has happened before. You see, Christ comes along and says, no, hunger should not be, I'm going to fix it. Disease should not be, so I'm going to fix it. Death should not be, so I'm going to destroy death. That's what the miracles of Christ were. Boaz's lavish grace upon Ruth here should make us think of Christ in the gospel and his lavish grace grace on us because God comes to the needy, to the lowly, to the downtrodden, and he loves to pour on grace. He satisfies people like that with his goodness, with his kindness, and most of all with his forgiveness through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Boaz here doesn't just fill Ruth's stomach. He confirms her to the whole town in front of his workers, and he knows, you know what, let's use positive gossip. They're going to talk about it. I might as well do something good, and, let, and get, I'm going to get on the positive side of gossip to so the negative side. Y'all spread it. Go tell everybody what Boaz did for Ruth. They'll know. He publicly proclaims her to be a member of God's community, no longer a foreigner. And so too, dear Christian, that is the status of those of us who trust in Jesus Christ. He owns us as his bride. He loves us. He takes us to his father who then adopts us as his own children and proclaims, you are mine. Call me father. Call me Abba, daddy. You realize nobody gets to call God father but Christians. That is our word. This whole idea of the universal fatherhood of God, that's no support in scripture. Only those who call God father are those who have been adopted as his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. What a great privilege we have. He publicly proclaims, you're my children. You see, when we actually believe the gospel, when we actually live in its reality, we are anchored anchored by this fundamental security of grace. I belong to God. He takes care of me. I don't have to strive to earn his love. I can rest in it, which leads us then, what? To joyous work, to rich reward. So after this lavish lunch, Ruth gets up to do what? To go back to work. The blessing of God doesn't make her lazy. Grace empowers her. She joyfully gets to work to get the most out of God's grace and blessing here. You see, dear Christian, when we understand the gospel, when we understand that we have been saved by grace through faith, that it's not of ourselves, it's only of Christ, we're then empowered to live faithfully as God has called us. The overwhelming grace of God frees us from striving to impress God so we can then just be faithful to God. Because very often God calls us to be faithful in the ordinary and the mundane and the boring, the things we don't think will impress God. And so we tend to, let's not do those. Let me find something great to do for God so he'll really love me. But when we see that we're already loved, 
we can then serve faithfully. That's what she does. And at the end of the day, she, fill, she gets an ephah of grain. Aren't y'all impressed, right? Because you know what an ephah, of, you don't know what an ephah is? I have a visual aid. Ephah. There you go. Barley, tiny little grains. And a full day, she fills up a five-gallon bucket of barley. In one day's work, gleaning. That's a lot. This wasn't just food for her to eat. She could sell this. This is a semi-precious commodity, as as economists would say. She is well provided for. It's been a very productive day. Two adults, according to the sources I looked up, two adults can eat well, three squares a day, for three weeks on five gallons of barley. It's one day's work. God has provided so lavishly. So she takes it home to mama. She also pulls out her doggy bag from lunch. Dinner's on me, pop, and look what I got for tomorrow. And when's the last time Naomi had a decent meal? And how does Naomi react? Well, we read it. Kids, look with me at your verse. Where are we? I think verse 19, yeah. Verse 19, Naomi says, where in the world did you get all this? I hope God does good things to the man who helped you. So Ruth explains what happens to her today, explains everything that that Boaz did. He goes, oh, and by the way, it was Boaz. And when Naomi hears that, she calls out in verse 20 in the ESV. Look what it says. She goes, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. So Naomi calls out, oh, may God show kindness. There's that word again. Remember I taught it to you a couple weeks ago? Anybody remember the word? It's chesed. Want to say it with me? Chesed. Remember you got to get that little going there. Have some fun, okay? Chesed. It's one of those words we can't translate into English. It means kindness. It means love. It means faithfulness. It means covenant fidelity. It means all these wonderful things. We can't do it in one. Kindness is a great way, but so is love. And so she says, may God show him chesed, all this wonderful good stuff. Why is that important that we remember that word? Because that's what, that's what Naomi, when she was saying goodbye to Ruth and Orpah, when she said, may God give you hesed. I'm bitter. My life is over. There's no hesed for me, but there's enough hesed in God for you to have some. Go. God's against me, but he's for you. Go away. And now, in spite of the difficulty for her life, wow, may God show him hesed. See, now she's got, may God show you, may God show him you can see how God's working on her. She's going to all of a sudden see, you know, God maybe has some mercy for me too. Maybe I shouldn't be bitter. Maybe I shouldn't be so disappointed. Maybe God's not out to get me. And then there's another big deal 